Support for Oyster World Radio comes from you, our listeners. If you would like to support the show, visit the link in the show description or visit patreon.com slash oysterworldradio. For only $5 a month, you get all of the behind-the-scenes coverage of how these random interviews materialize, plus some unique travel tips. So don't miss out and support the show today. More support means meeting more people that you would normally never meet, less travel headaches while on the road, and you get to learn the ins and outs of everywhere I go. Become a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash oysterworldradio. All the links are in the show description, and support the show today. Welcome to Oyster World. Radio. Hello, Oysters, and welcome to another episode of Oyster World Radio, the podcast where we broaden our perspectives by listening to the stories of people from all over the globe. I'm Nathan Lieberman, and in this episode, we bring on the bulldog of Budapest, Balu Siavashi. It takes guts to stand up when you get knocked down, and life has a funny way of sweeping your feet out from under you when you least expect it. Balu was no exception, but the difference between Balu and most is that he took these hard moments as an opportunity for growth and expansion. From freestyle snowboarding to gymnastics, surfing, and Muay Thai, Balu used these hard moments in life to fuel change. He blames his bulldog mentality, but I would argue that any of us can learn from the tactics and methods that he used to push through rough parts of his life. Sometimes you just have to get after it, and Balu is the perfect example why. Coming from Budapest, Hungary, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Balu Siavashi. So Balu, welcome to Oyster World Radio. We're really excited to have you on today, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Nate. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so I finally got to catch you for the podcast. We had a very short stint in Budapest, Hungary when we first met, but I gotta say, it was such a good time for me because it was one of the only times in my two years that I got into a Muay Thai gym, and that was thanks to you. So it's good to meet a fellow Muay Thai practitioner on couch surfing, and yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Thank you. Uh, and it was worth to put your Muay Thai pictures on couch surfing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Cause Without that, I would not even uh, dare to write on you. Okay, so it's good to put that out there, and it's, yeah. it's it's a humble brag, but it also makes friends in the process. Yes, pretty good. Okay, so you are coming from one of my one of my top cities that I went to in Budapest, Hungary. So I'm excited to learn more about that place, more about you, and let all of these listeners get to know who you are. So you grew up in Budapest. Yes, I was born in Budapest. A lot of people go to Budapest and it's becoming more and more of a tourist destination, but I bet a lot of people don't actually know what it's like to grow up in the city. So from your experience, can you, from I guess from your point of view of growing up, how do you view your own city? Do you, besides the tourist stuff, what, what do you see when you walk through it? Uh, I would say it's a completely different world because... Uh... I, as I'm not a stu- uh, tourist, I don't know so many museums. I don't know uh, the history of them. I don't know hotels. People sometimes ask me which hotel they should stay, uh, which restaurant should they try, and I'm like, uh, I was eating home, I was sleeping home. I right. don't really know. I'm sorry. 
I really like Budapest. Uh, I believe it's a beautiful city. I was visiting already many cities. Budapest is still one of my favorite ones, probably because of that reason as well. Uh, if, for instance, in the middle of the night, I want to eat uh, watermelon or some uh, fruit, I know where to go, where I can buy it in the middle of night. If I want to do something, uh, I don't know, similar, stupid, I know where to go. Uh, and I can, yeah, I, I just can't say that for other cities. Uh, like I was living in Vienna for four years, and uh, I hardly know the city. And uh, if I was hungry in the middle of the night, I could not do anything. I didn't know where to go, what what number to call. Um, so because of that, Budapest is uh, has a different place in my heart. Yeah, I would completely agree with that because when you get to German and Austrian cities, things tend to close down. There's not a whole lot of, I guess, going out late. I know in the U.S., I didn't see this a whole lot, but, I mean, people are out at all times of the day, walking around, grabbing drinks, in, into the night a lot of times, and Budapest was exactly the same, or maybe even a little bit more, because they didn't close down at 2 a.m. They kept on partying through the night. So it seemed it seemed familiar. It was a really familiar city for, for that reason. It's You can go and really do what you need to do at almost any time. Would you agree with that? Partly, because uh, since a few years there are some new laws, and because of that many shops closed uh, uh, latest at uh, 10 p.m., but there are non-stop shops, but for instance, uh, uh, shops are not allowed to sell alcohol after 8 or 10 p.m. or something like that, uh, because yeah. uh, there are some people causing some troubles, but uh, there are many people on the streets and there are many bars uh, open, so what you said is true. Mm. And Hungary and, and Budapest have a really interesting history as well. The The 1900s were a pretty dynamic time for the country, starting with the empire, the Aust Austrian-Hungarian empire, and both of the world wars. Monarchy. Oh, it was a monarchy. That's right. Yes. So ha have you seen some of the effects in in, as growing up or in the modern day based on the no. recent history? No, not at all. Uh, I was too young to, to uh, remember uh, on these things before we had democracy or something like that, what we have democracy nowadays. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I don't remember at all. I was too young. Gotcha. Okay. Well, well, then let's get right to that time of your life then. I think that's a good segue into the, your childhood growing up in the, the big urban metropolis of Budapest. So what was it like growing up in Budapest? So, of course, we see the tourist sides of things, and you have a more realistic view. But as a kid, what do you do in the city? Were you able to play in the streets, go to school? Like, what, How did you spend your time? Um, I was born in uh, uh, 84. And uh, back then, we did not really have uh, many computers or smartphones or internet. So, yes, we were playing ah, on the grounds. Those days, yeah. yeah. We were playing on the grounds. We were playing soccer. We were playing basketball. We were playing hide-and-seek. Uh, we went up to the... We have some small mountains next to where I live. We were building uh, small tree houses and different hideouts. Yeah, I really enjoyed my childhood compared to the... 
to the life experience um, small kids have nowadays. They are just touching some uh, vibrating tablet or smartphone, and that's their childhood. Yeah, so it sounds like you had a very uh, lot of freedom, a lot of freedom to go around, explore, play sports, build things, and yeah, be a kid, basically. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. so how was it growing up? Did your parents give you a lot of that freedom as well? Was it a come come back at night or at dinner time and just go for the entire day? or What was your and your parents' relationship like? They had to work a lot. So they, uh, as much as I can remember, they got home uh, usually late. But uh, I was pretty responsible. And I had a brother, he's two years older than me. And uh, because of these things, they trusted us or we, we yeah, we could go and uh, we could do it. It was everything we did was around our house. So a couple of streets away and uh, my parents knew uh, uh, usually where we went. We had to call them or we discussed that we are going to, to one of our friends or we are going to play soccer there. So there was no problem, and uh, we were always home uh, before night. Yeah, that, that you know what I I had a an in between childhood where the first part of my life was that way, and the second was really filled with video games and uh, just other devices. And man, there's something really beautiful about growing up in that way. Oh, just shut off from all of that crap. There's like I don't know. It's such a good basis for creativity and in, in things in the future, at least in my opinion. So do you think that part of your life began fueling maybe your curiosity and, I don't know, maybe independence for the rest of your life? Uh, curiosity, probably, uh, because uh, I believe uh, kids have to learn when they are young that sport is uh, an important part of life. And uh, they have to uh, learn to enjoy different kinds of sports and movements and uh, doing these crazy things and getting hurt and uh, learning by getting hurt and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the ultimate teacher pain, especially when you're young. <laughs> and I was curious, so I was touching always everything. <laughs> what is one thing that you remember that you shouldn't have done touched. touched? <laughs> um, once I was maybe five years old or six years old, uh, my father got uh, it, uh, the light bulb. Uh, it was broken and uh, my father uh, got it out and uh, took it out and he went to get a new one. And I was like, hey, what's that black hole? And I just put my finger inside and it uh, electroshocked me. It was nothing, uh, uh, so, uh, it was nothing serious, but it, uh, it beat me. Mm, <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, that was something I, I should not have touched. <laughs> I bet that but was a surprise. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet that was a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. And you know what? I, I ask you these questions because it seems like your curiosity and drive and independence carries on throughout the rest of your life. It seems to be a common theme. When we were first talking, you mentioned that you had a bulldog mentality. So could you give the listeners more of a description or idea of what that bulldog mentality means? 
you can read more about it in my star description in Taurus, under Taurus section. Uh, I was born under the sign Taurus, and uh, usually Taurus have a bulldog attitude. Especially me, I don't really like to give up. So if I'm facing some problem, I'm uh, trying to get through it uh, from different angels, and I'm not stopping uh, until I get through it. And because of that, I believe I could uh, achieve many things in my life already because I just hate to give up. Yeah, and it definitely shows because I think the perfect example is that you, when you went to high school or Europe, they call it gymnasium, you went to a German high school, which means that they spoke German, not Hungarian. And, of course... Like you were saying, they teach literature, physics, math, all of the normal subjects that we all struggle with in a different language that you didn't know. So did that help? I mean, when you were faced with that, when you were faced with the fact that you have to learn all these things and in a new language, what? Like, how did you even begin to tackle that problem? Uh, well, first of all, just to make it more accurate, it was a, a two-language gymnasium. So we were studying in German and in Hungarian. Back when I was studying, we had math in Hungarian. But as you said, we had uh, geography, history, literature, national history. We have these. Uh, we had these things in German. And um, okay, I so we had just one subject in Hungarian. <laughs> the rest were if you want, German. if you want. Uh, but uh, when I went there, uh, it was planned, so it was nothing uh, new. Um, I, I got invited to two uh, high schools, and uh, we picked this one with my parents because at the end, when you graduate, you get a German language exam with your graduation. And uh, that's a really good thing because uh, at the Hungarian universities, you have to have... Uh, um, language exams already to graduate to have your diploma. Oh wow! And, uh, okay. Like that, I could already check uh, check out one of those things. And um, yeah, when I went there, I didn't know it it it, it will be so difficult. I thought uh, I can speak a little bit of German and it will be enough. But uh, I could not even write down a single word. I, I still have my old books, notes, and. Uh, <laughs> There are just uh, some words uh, which I heard and tried to remember, and I don't know how I managed it. But uh, as I told you already, I have this uh, people attitude, and uh, I almost fell out in the first year, but I was studying a lot. I uh, did not want to uh, make my parents sad. I wanted to stay there, and I overnighted a lot, and then I managed somehow, and I became really good at the end of the gymnasium years. Yeah, so I, I really want to zoom on, zoom in on one particular moment. So maybe you were just about to to fail out, at, at, which is understandable because you don't understand what the heck they're saying. But what what was going on in your mind during that? So maybe you were faced with another really long study session, and for a lot of people, maybe they would have quit at this point, or would have been fearful, or I don't know, it would be really hard mental barriers to cross. How did you get over that mental hurdle of, you know, I have to go in and put in a lot of extra work to make this happen, and, it, 
you know, I'm on the brink. How did you keep going forward? I don't like to fail. That's all. <laughs> so it even matter is just the not failing was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Fail. I'm not going to fail. No, I, uh, I did what I had to do and, uh, I was practicing a lot and, uh, our German history teacher, he was a really nice guy. He had such a rich vocabulary and I was always writing up, uh, his words and I was studying them. And, uh, by time passing by, I became better and better. And that's how I managed. Yeah. So how, how did you get better? Was it just trying to write down words that, that you heard and then asking about them to try to grow your vocabulary? Were there things on the side that you studied that helped a lot in learning German? What really got you there? It was uh, difficult as well. I had to uh, look up many words in dictionaries, but we were uh, not allowed to use a Hungarian German dictionary. We were using Duden. It's a German to German dictionary. You know, you look up a German word and it's described uh, with German sentences and examples. Oh what my that goodness. is. Okay. I was looking for a German word. I got there three sentences and I was uh, looking up uh, five more words in those sentences. <laughs> and I was doing it and so, like that. Yep. It's just, uh, it seems like just throwing yourself at a wall until you break through it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Which, once again, is sort of a common theme for you because this wasn't the last time that that happened. It, once, once you broke through that wall, uh, you started to come back. You started to not only succeed in German, but succeed in a lot, in all of your subjects. And what did that feel like? Was one, was this the first time that you faced something this difficult? And two, when did you really start to know that things were starting to click and you were, you were breaking through, you were getting to where you needed to go? Back then, I still did not know where I'm heading. I didn't know what I want to do. I just wanted to stay there. Uh, I did not want to make my parents sad. I wanted to make them proud of me. And that was all I wanted to achieve. Uh, and I was interested in math and in physics. And I was good in uh, real subjects. And uh, yeah, as a German, uh, I got better and better in German. At the end of the gymnasium years, I was even participating on a national translator contest and uh i won uh, uh the contest in the capital in budapest mm. and i was beating uh, people who were living in germany for five or six years people oh, who wow. went back home and they were talking to their parents in german and i was beating them <laughs> and uh, that was a point where i realized that okay i, I became really good in in german yeah did that give you a lot of confidence too to get that recognition that like, wow, I really, I really accomplished something. Yeah, maybe, or probably I was still young and uh, I just started to evolve and to get uh, a stable personality. Mm -hmm. I probably, most of the people, uh, get his personality during these years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And well, I definitely agree because after that, it seems like you, you turned a corner and were trying all kinds of new things. One, you went to university in a technical background, 
once again faced an extremely hard challenge and pushed through it to become one of the top in your class. But also, the uh, you just kept trying new things. There's uh, the list and list goes on of things that you've tried and attempted, did well. Uh, Fifty plus sports, you told me, and. Yes. So, so this time of your life, after you you went to the university and I guess your opportunities were presented to you, how did you sort through your op? I guess all of the possible options that you could take, and which ones did you choose and why? Uh, I still could not um, imagine what I would like to do do when I grow up. Uh, it's uh, I just uh, try to taste uh, the different sides of life to get experiences, many, many different experiences, get to know different cultures, different subjects. And back then I still now I know if I could go back in time, I would study more because I would now know that uh, it would be uh, uh, a valuable knowledge. But back then uh, at the university, uh, again, I just did not want to fail. I just pushed hard, so I, I stayed there, and I have some average uh, uh, science uh, notes. Um, and um, that, 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 that was all. It was really difficult, as, I, as you uh, mentioned as well, because I had uh, uh, no uh, technology background. Uh, my parents could not help me. And uh, in the high school, we were hardly uh, learning anything about these things. And I did not even know what's input, what's output. So I passed only the second or the third exam, uh, hardly. And uh, I just started to, 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 to like it. It was, uh, we were programming at first in Java. It's a programming language. Mm -hmm. And uh, after a few months, when uh, my first few lines started to do what I wanted them to do, after that, uh, I could write already 10 lines, then 20 lines, and uh, it made me happy. How do you know that that you liked it? Which may be a sort of hard question to answer, but I'm sure you've tried some things and didn't like it or they didn't stick around compared to uh, maybe coding or Muay Thai that did stick around in your life for a long time. How do you know when you are truly onto something that, you enjoy um, you can feel it that uh, it makes you happy you have euphoria and uh, uh, you are not bored to do it you you still have the lust to do it to learn uh, about it and uh, it's uh, software engineering it's an evolving topic as well so uh, if you are not up to date if I don't read uh, daily about new technologies uh, news uh, then uh, after a few years, I just get rusted mm -hmm. and I cannot sell myself anymore so lucratively. Yeah, yeah. And I like that because I, I have a similar experience. It's like an itch where you just love to do it and you make time for it in your life just because you purely enjoy to do it. It's not a hassle. It's not a chore. Like so, some things people just force themselves through. But... I don't know, when you get hold of something that you really like, it's it's unlike, I don't know, it, I don't think a lot of peer, people, especially in the U.S., really get to experience that, especially in either a hobby or a profession. 
So I like that. It, I don't know. It's like a switch almost. You just turn it on yes. and like, wow, this is a part of my life now. Would you agree with that? Yes, definitely. So, and I think a perfect example, and of course we have to talk about this because this is the reason why we met, was the Muay Thai. Because it's a brutal sport. It's uh, it's not for everyone. It's for wackos like us that like to punch each other in the face, get punched in the face, and sometimes even kick people in the face. So what what made you start your journey into Muay Thai, especially in Hungary? Uh, yeah, Hungary is a small country. Uh, so the scene of Muay Thai is not so big, probably as in I don't. Is it popular in the USA Muay Thai? It's, it's getting more and more. I, I think because Europe has like Dutch kickboxing. I think was yeah. king for a long time, and we we have. It's popular in France as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And we had we had a style of. I think Dutch was popular i think there's also taekwondo is really popular muay thai wasn't really on my radar until i found this little local gym by my house and now it's really gaining popularity because it's how effective it is but yeah, yeah. the scene wasn't really that big yeah uh so muay thai it's called the art of the eight limbs probably you know it as well mm-hmm. it's because we are not just kicking and punching we are using our knees our elbows and we have clinching techniques it's when you try to uh pull down your opponent uh push him to the ground or just to pull down a knee or elbow him in the face and uh, cut his skin or head uh and yeah as i said it's uh, one of the most brutal uh standing uh martial arts and uh, my journey, uh, it started with kickboxing. Uh, kickboxing is well known in the USA. Uh, I started with uh, light contact. Uh, it's a continuous fight, but we are not allowed uh, to KO uh, uh, our opponent. You can try once, uh, but if you try the second time, you get disqualified. I was doing kickboxing for five years, and uh, in the later years, I started to... Uh, get a laugh uh, uh, for uh, more brutal fights. I started to do next to light contact. I started to do full contact. In full contact, you are allowed to uh, to KO your opponent. And I uh, tried a low kick as well. In low kick, you are allowed to kick the leg. Because in uh, under low kick, uh, for instance, in light contact or full contact, you are not allowed to kick the leg. You are just allowed to pull the leg with your feet. Mm. And that's something uh, different. And uh, after five years, I uh, I stopped uh, for one year. And a really good friend of mine, he was doing Muay Thai, and he invited me and showed me to his gym. And uh, I just started to to love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I have a similar story because I just kind of stumbled upon my gym as well. But I really love how the reason why you you got into Muay Thai as well. You had just finished a relationship unfortunately fortunately unfortunately yeah and wanted to try something new because there was a lot of turmoil in your life so if we could zoom on on that moment for a second and what i i guess some people really get stuck when they have a big transition like that whether it's romantic relationship or coming out of university what made you okay reevaluate and try something new instead of maybe letting sort of the emotions and the pressure seep in and, and get get you stuck in one position? 
I don't know why martial arts. Uh, I just know that it was uh, I got over uh, a three years long relationship, and uh, during these almost three years, I was not allowed to do any sports because uh, my ex girlfriend was pretty jealous, and uh, I could not meet my friends. I was doing bodybuilding before that. I was doing inline skating for six years. And uh, because I had to stop so suddenly, I was uh, taking on uh, almost 20 kilogram of weight. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just felt uh, the burden and I wanted to do something. And I don't know how it come to to kickboxing. Uh, One of my best friends at the university, he wanted to try Taekwondo. I was told I should try kickboxing because that's fun. And uh, we visited a kickboxing gym and uh, we really enjoyed and loved it. It made us happy because uh, we we were quite good uh, at the beginning as beginners. We were uh, evolving pretty fast and uh, people were always uh, saying, yeah, that was really good, you are awesome. And uh, that, that they were cheering for us. And uh, we became part of uh, a family, and uh, it it pushed us to to do it. So it really it, it seems like it was for you the only option. So you get out of this relationship, and you're like, well, I I need to do something new. I, Bulldog's yeah. coming out. I got to do something. Yes, I don't know what would have happened if I I have a friend who want to try American football or or hockey. I don't know, maybe I would be a hockey player right now. <laughs> well, you probably would because you tend to stick with these things and make it happen no matter what it is. But uh, it, it might be true as well that uh, I might have started hockey or doing American football, but if I uh, would have not enjoyed it that much, after a few years, somehow I might have tried uh, martial arts and then the lead uh, uh, the way would have uh, led back to, to this path. Hey, sometimes you just can't deny the path. Even if yes. you step off a little bit, you usually end up to where you're supposed to go anyway. Yeah. Well, Vala, thanks for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate it, and I, I think this is a good way to, to wrap it up. But for one final question, it seems we keep going back to this bulldog mentality that you said that you have, where you just keep pushing through. It's the need to not fail. It's this constant curiosity and provocative to keep moving forward in some way so for a lot of people out there listening right now I I think a lot of people get stuck including myself sometimes I get stuck in my own head or the circumstances so if someone listening right now is coming out of a bad relationship or has a new change of path or something in their life that's in turmoil what advice would you give to them to get that bulldog mentality and keep moving forward despite everything. I had one of my best uh, experiences right after I had some bad moments. Mostly I was breaking up after that I had some bad <laughs> moments. And um, for instance, uh, the first time I went into a snowboard freestyle camp when we were uh, learning how to do flips on big airs uh, on the hills in the mountains, it was after a relationship as well. And uh, I, I had uh, really good friends from there, and I started to do freestyle uh, snowboarding. I was competing in that as well. Or for instance, uh, next time I broke up, I just uh, surf camp is organized on uh, you know, on the Bali uh, on the island Bali, and uh, I just had 
I just knew I ha I have to leave here. I have to go somewhere. I have to do something new. And uh, it became one of my best experiences as well. After that, for instance, uh, I was dating a, a Polish playmate for a couple of months. We met on the flight back uh, to the Arab uh, Emirates and... Uh, we were kissing already on the airport and then two weeks later we were meeting. So I had so, so many good experiences. My girlfriend, uh, she was doing kickboxing as well. And we met uh, the same way that uh, I uh, suggested her she should try kickboxing. And uh, one of my best friends uh, brought her to kickboxing. My best friends wanted to uh, try horse riding. My girlfriend was horse riding for many years. And uh, I had to be with them and then we got to know each other better. Uh, so I can only suggest that uh, if you feel really low, just don't don't overthink it. Look for something new and try it and uh, just try it once. And after that, if you tried it and you can say that uh, it was a bad experience, never again. OK, that's up to you. But I uh, I'm pretty sure it will be fun. I, I love it because really it movement brings so many opportunities to your life exactly what you said you needed something new you go to bali and then all of a sudden you're meeting the polish girl and then it's like all all these doors open when you try new things and get into new communities and meet new families and yeah there's something really magical about trying something new and really what gets in your way is that first moment of fear of being the new guy and being bad at something maybe for the first time in a long time but man i think you're a living example of why you should try as many things as possible because then you have this huge bank of experiences and knowledge to have fun with it exposes so many new things uh if i may say it uh, as well that uh, muay thai for instance or sports are uh something like couch surfing many people does couch surfing to get to uh, know new people and new cultures I'm stick with my sports and if I'm traveling somewhere because of business or I'm moving somewhere to live there, first, my first thing is to look for gyms uh, or for my sports uh, around me. And uh, because I don't know anyone there, I go there, we punch each other in the face, we kick each other. And after the training, I have many new friends. It happened to me, for instance, in Germany. Uh, when I moved to Germany, uh, on the second day, I had to travel maybe one and a half hour to get to the gym. Uh, I, I, I wanted to visit. And uh, at the end of the training, uh, a German European champion uh, brought me home by his car because he said, hey, don't go by public transportation. It will take two hours. And we just met there. And after an hour, he brought me home. And he was a European champion. So someone I can look up. Amazing. Amazing. You just never know. You just yeah. never know. I love it, man. And I think that's a good message for everybody. Get out of your box. Be a bulldog. Go do stuff. Go do yeah. lots of stuff. Because it's awesome. And you might just be taken home by a European champion. That's possible. <laughs> that's a thing that actually happened. <laughs> well, Balu, thanks for coming on the show, man. I, I think that's a perfect message to end on. And I really appreciate your time. And yeah, once again, try stuff, people. I know I will. This is like got me all jazzed up as I'm starting my new life back home. So thanks again, man. And we'll have you back on soon. Two, Thank three, you, man. Four. Four. 
Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Oyster World Radio. And thanks again, Balu Siavashi, for coming on the show. I'm back to working on those roundhouses, so when you come to visit, bring your gear. Keep up to date on everything that happened in the Big Sabbatical on Instagram at Nathan.Wanders and the blog of my partner in crime, Jackie Gishbacher, at GishOutOfWater.com. Check out the links in the show description for more information. Special thanks to Charlie Milliken for all of the Oyster Jams. Check them out on Spotify or at CharlieMilliken.com. That's M-I-L-L-I-K-I-N. Don't forget to support the show on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, at Patreon.com forward slash Oyster World Radio. For only $5 a month, you get all of the behind-the-scenes plus some unique travel tips, so don't miss out on upping your game as an expert traveler. Once again, all the links can be found in the show description. Thanks again for tuning into Oyster World Radio. We'll be back in two weeks. But until then, this is Nathan Lieberman signing off. I can't take control of my life If I'm too busy looking at the stars And thinking about all time that's gone by It's time for a change In my day-to-day scenes I'm turn around from that clock Face the mirror and change me Whoa, I-